Yeah, yeah, intruders. <laughs> I just said the fuzz. Let's have the, you know, just sticking up for their friends. Yep. <laughs> I'm always in defense mode. Speaking of friends, <laughs> welcome to the Rod Squad, the internet's freshest Twilight Zone podcast where six college students review the new... Reboot with Jordan Peele. Keep Our man. their horn? No? Okay. All right, here. As Tab said, the new reboot <laughs> with Jordan Peele. Our man. <laughs> uh, yes, they rebooted the Twilight Zone. We've been talking about this for probably like a year since they announced it. Mm-hmm. And the first two episodes came out, so we're doing one tonight and one tomorrow. And then uh, we'll figure out a time to do them. Maybe we'll take a break from our regular Twilight Zone to just do these reactions. I totally forgot to introduce us, and we're totally not doing this halfway through the podcast. <laughs> uh, but what is everybody's names? Ashley. I'm Jamie. Tabitha. Macho Man Randy Savage in the Woo. flesh. <laughs> IRS over here. Irwin <laughs> Irwin R. Shyster. Irwin R. Shyster. IRS. Pay your taxes. Corey. Connor. No. <laughs> and of course your host Ben Blam. Uh, you can watch this episode through CBS All Access. Um, if you have Amazon Prime and a CBS account, you can do it through there. I think. I'll find out. Um, confirm that. It's on YouTube. It is also on YouTube for just, free. Yeah, just watch me. Not YouTube, through illegal means. Yeah, um, no, this this was legit. provided YouTube by CBS. YouTube is free for everybody. Just go yeah. on there. CBS, CBS provided us, not us specifically. I would probably cry <laughs> if they reached out. Like, CBS like, could sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, seriously, CBS, if you want to send us the whole season early to review, we'll uh, give you guys good reviews. We will We will start loving CBS. Yeah. <laughs> we will start publicly loving what, CBS. Watch, watch what America's that? most popular show in CIS. Yeah, is that time to start a Star Trek Voyager podcast? Oh. Oh, no, no, no. An NCS yes, New Orleans please. podcast. No, Star Trek Voyager's been getting great reviews. It's the new Star Trek on the CBS All Access. But it's, but it's Star, Star Trek. Trek. It's, <laughs> what do you guys have against it's Star just Trek? It's as good as Star Wars. It's, it's, Star- 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 it's good in different ways. Star I, Wars is a boring space opera. Star Trek is says a, Star Trek. Star Trek is yeah. really good. It's a fun political oh, action so romp. Enterprise oh, is amazing. Voyager is great. <laughs> I, I love Star Trek. Listen, if I wanted to watch some kid talk about sand up his butt for three you, hours, you watch Star Trek. I wouldn't yeah. watch Star Trek. I Sorry, would watch Star Wars. Not sand; it's ooh, space parts on my spaceship. Star Trek is you know, This is what I call pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, and the only thing, other thing I want to plug is our social media. This is not our usual style of episode. If you are listening for the first time, usually we do kind of extensive reviews of all Twilight Zones. But we will review anything. Uh, Jamie, master of social media, plug us. You can follow us on Twitter at the Rod Squad Twenty Two. At Twitter, also we have a Tumblr, but you know who's on Tumblr anymore? <laughs> you won't see any boobs on there. Can yeah. I say that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. No boobs um, allowed on this podcast. You won't want to see female presenting nipples. Check us out on Tumblr at the Rod Squad. No There's no email. <laughs> um, you can email us request at therodsquad22 at gmail.com. We will literally review everything. Are you ready to review uh, Taboo Tuesday 2005? Next? We will do wrestling. We will do Star Wars. We will do Star Trek. We might actually not do wrestling, but we will review any nerdy thing you can want. Can we please do a Star Trek episode? I would absolutely love that. Well, I, I can get a couple of ones. 
we want to keep the theme going, uh, Rob's certainly wrote the original script for Planet of the Apes, so we could do a Planet oh, of the oh, Apes. Oh, so good. He wrote the original script. The they didn't use it, but so who cares? Good. You mean like the one that came out last year, that one? Can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's Rise but, of Planet yeah, of the Apes. Yeah. Boring two-hour CGI movie for the Planet of the Apes. Um, anyway, yeah, and you can always follow us on Facebook. Yeah, but tonight we watched The Comedian, uh, directed by Owen Harris, written by Alex Rubens. We'll get into bios later. Is it, a, is it an original story, or is it an adaptation? Um, it is a original story, written by someone who did a lot of Key and Peele work, and Rick and Morty, but we'll get on that later. Starring Kumal Nijani. Um, One of my favorite comedians. He's so good. Mara, Karen, and Tracy Morgan. We'll talk more about their careers a little later. I love Tracy Morgan. Yeah, that was the comedian. It tells the story of a comedian who um, is bestowed this power to be hilarious, but at the cost of someone's existence. So, what did we think, guys? Like, what for? For like a, what did we think? I, th- I I thought it was incredible. Honestly, I mean, it's I I like. It's good how they're doing it through like a modern lens of view. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to to immerse yourself in that because it's not it's not a period piece, and I think that was a thing that the new Twilight Zone will always was always going to have for me personally because I like I like more modern things, mm-hmm. but uh, I do think I do think that the content was done very nicely for this, and they did it in in a way that that had good pacing and in a way that kept the interest of the episode. I agree. The music is really good. Yes. It fits so good. well with the scenes. It was, like, creepy at the right times. So you could, like, hear it, like, um, kind of call back to the original Twilight Zone, too, mm-hmm. with, like, the drum rolls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was very suspenseful. And it, I think the music did a good job of not getting in the way of the episode. It's, mm-hmm. like, you... It, it doesn't... There, there's sometimes when the music is, like, wow, I, the, the music really pops out at you. But... I felt like the music in this episode did a really good job of creating a certain ambiance that that contributed to the episode. Uh, I guess we should start with the plot. Um, what did we think about the story element here? I feel like it flowed really nicely. It was really interesting, especially when he like hit that point where he realized what was happening with his jokes. Because mm-hmm. I don't think it quite hit with um, his dog. But, like, when it happened to his nephew, he was like, oh, God, this is what's happening. Yes. I thought it was interesting (laughs) that he kept going with it, even though, like, he realized what he was doing, and, like, he was essentially killing these people. Mm -hmm. Well, not killing them, just erasing their existence, which is slightly different, because he's just changing reality. Because nobody remembered who that person was, because the person never existed. But he remembered. But that's a a him problem. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a personal problem. But, like... Technically, he saved two people and possibly more, That's because true. the one dude had killed two people in a drunk driving accident, and then there was that other guy who like murdered somebody, and the one dude who like killed his fiance or something like that. So yeah, he was saving people the in the guy process. Who, uh, diddled kids. Too, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, did you guys consider him a hero? No, no not at all. Not in the slightest. No, he's not a hero. Because he was doing it for selfish reasons. Like, we he, made the he's, comparison. He's not... He's not even portrayed as such. I think that... Mm-hmm. Some of the jokes he made... 
at at one point are uh, are that it helps him it helps him justify continuing with it, but in the end, it just enables him to do and it enables him to go further with it and. There's also just the unintended consequences aspect, like with her mentor. Yeah, so his girlfriend of since high school, mm-hmm. um, he erases her mentor because he feels like she's he's flirting with her and he got jealous. And then she goes from being a really successful defense lawyer, who's very wealthy, to being a barely making ends meet waitress at a diner. Mm-hmm. You guys said that um, there was like this article where it compared this episode to comedy Death Note. Mm-hmm. And it's like even the main character of Death Note like isn't a likable person. <laughs> it's just kind of like you put people in these positions where they're like, you know, high and mighty and then they get too full of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he really wasn't portrayed to be likable, which is funny because I've seen his work before. He's so charming in everything else he does. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, he was like a right old jerk. Do you yeah, think he that was, he wasn't? He wasn't supposed to be good. Nope. Do, do you like think that? Alone. Do you think that his actions at the end made up for it? No. no. No, it was just him wanting to escape the situation he was in more than anything. But it yeah. brought everyone back. I don't think he thought was thinking about that. Yeah, he, he wasn't doing it for that. He just did not want... Because he cornered himself and he didn't know what else to do. Well, he could have he used her as the joke. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, that was the message. Yeah. It was, he was refusing to make her the butt of the joke. Yeah. But, like, he's still a crappy dude. Well, of course, yeah. It didn't change anything. Do you think it's worse that when he reversed everything, he brought back all those, like, awful people into the world, too? <laughs> yeah, anyways. <laughs> but I guess that's another good question, I guess, is like, I mean, vigilante justice, that's like, oh, it's kind of a hard moral question, because, you know... I don't think this is very hard. He's, he's literally just killing them. Like, you can't do that. Well, no, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about if the justice system fails, and, like, a murderer walks free, that's really crappy. Who are you to make that decision? Well, that's exactly my point, is that, like, on the flip side, if, yeah. if you don't trust the justice system, what's the point of the justice system in the first place? But he got to the point where it was just people that wronged him personally. Yeah. Not, not yeah. even like, it was just people that he was mad at at the time. Mm-hmm. And it, like it was just, just people that were getting in his way professionally, too. Yeah, because there was like those hecklers. There was the one other comedian. There was the lady comedian at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just people hurting him personally. And he was just like, you know what? You're gone. Goodbye. Like the That's whole, literally what he's saying in his last... Yeah, the whole like, last bit. It wasn't even names. actual jokes. It was just like, name, yes. name, name, goodbye. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it did work. <laughs> when she started saying boo to him, I immediately thought of the old lady from The Princess Bride who does <laughs> that to Buttercup in the dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what did you, you think about Tracy Morgan's character, the guy who bestowed the powers? Phenomenal. He did a really good job. Yeah, that. It yeah, was really it's awesome. good. It was it's it's, it was it's like a Twilight Zone trope, but it it really works. It's yeah, this whole episode is a big Twilight Zone. Yeah, they've done episodes like this before. Well, it's the Twilight Zone, right? Well, it's, it's, like like the Twilight Zone. it's all the things that are like successful mm-hmm. about the Twilight Zone. Yeah, it's you know creepy, mysterious figures. And it's at the bare bones. It's somebody who wants something more in life and pays an ultimate cost and then has to deal with the consequences. Well, isn't the, uh... 
was it? I'm trying to think of like it. it I'm forgetting. I don't know whether it reminds me more of uh, Mind of the Matter or I might be completely wrong on the plot of this. But um, come wander with me. It's very like Mind of the Matter, though. I agree because Mind of the Matter he wants he makes everybody disappear as well. Mm-hmm. But in Mind of the Matter, because he's more of a a simple kind of comedic character. I think, like, that's why they allow him to get everything back to normal. Yeah. Except for that landlady who murdered her. <laughs> she never shits. <laughs> oh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, but the more I think about, not Tracy Morgan, but the more I think about the main character, the more unlikable he is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. Well, the thing, too, I think that's important to Twilight Zone, and especially to this episode, and this episode actually made me think of um, the one where the guy makes like the wishes and stuff what is that one called oh um the one where he becomes Hitler, Hitler yeah, yeah. Uh, Mess- the man message of the bottle. man of the bottle yeah it kind of reminded me of that because <laughs> all the <laughs> all of the bad things that happen to them is primarily their choice I mean in this episode Blake Tracy's character doesn't go to him and is forcing Tracy him Morgan. Like, Tracy Morgan oh Tracy Morgan yeah, sorry uh he he never forces the main character to kill these people or erase these people and put them in his jokes. He's just kind of saying, if you want, if this is what you think you want, like, you have to do this. Like, it's all the main character's choice, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, I and like, he did warn him, so... Yeah. What Do you think Tracy Morgan was actually the comedian he was trying to portray? <laughs> or do you think he's, like... A deeper evil entity. Well, I think it was a deeper evil entity. Yeah, he had some real Satan vibes from him. Well, the whole thing was with his his character was that they they talked about it in the beginning is that 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 comedian who's like this the perfect comedian disappeared. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, that, that's what they said because that's why they get so shocked when they see him because no one knows where he's at. They they said that at the very beginning. Oh, and like um. There was the one point where it was when he first meets Tracy Morgan's character at the bar, because um, I think it was the next night he like asked the bartender about him, and he was just like, "Yeah, right." Yeah. And so. then, um, and then when he meets him later in the green room, you never see his reflection in the mirrors. I feel yeah. like there was like a couple times you could have seen his reflection, and then there was like the very end of the episode when her name's Dee Dee. Yeah. yeah. Is that her name? When uh, Dee Dee goes to the bar and they have the same conversation that he had had with. Um, I'm blanking on his name. With the first guy. Samir. Uh, Samir, yeah. yeah. The conversation he had had with Samir at the beginning of of the episode, they had the same conversation, and then when it pans away from the bar, he's not there anymore. Like, Tracy Morgan is just not at the bar. (laughs) Yeah, so that's how they end the episode, in a very spooky fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, Shining asks, how do we feel about the big twist at the episode that Samir is on the pretty creepy painting in the back wall with everyone's faces warped in some sort of laughter. That was cool, but it makes you think that, like, maybe everybody else in there was also a, mm-hmm. uh, a victim. Of a comedian. Of J.C. Wheeler. I absolutely adored that painting. I thought that was the cleverest thing that they did. creepy. Well, that's the point, though, because you see every time they pan into the audience, you can see the painting, but instead of it looking like a painting, it looks like the room just keeps going, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like endless. Yeah, you yeah. an endless supply of people. And, like, the people in the audience never, except for the time where he 
talks to the heckler, they don't really ever seem like people. They're just kind of the... <coughs> they, whenever he makes that one joke that no one laughs, you see them all watching him, like, kind of wanting him just to give them a name. Like, yeah. that's, they're, like, waiting. Like, the club itself is an evil entity. Yeah. That's oh, that's creepy. I know, yeah. It's a monster house. Cause, and the, then you can even take that <laughs> with the apostrophe thing, because nothing belongs to him because it belongs to the club once he gives it away. So no apostrophes. Hmm. Oh, you That's deep. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, like, super creepy episode. Very, uh, we talked more, like, how he felt about the plot, but, like, technically speaking, did you guys think the plot flew, flowed well, any sh- slow parts, anything you'd change? Ah, uh, I thought the one chick's, some of her lines were awful. I thought yeah. like her berating him just randomly was really weird. Yeah. It just seemed uh, not right. She literally was written like a middle high school age. Yeah, boy. exactly. Yeah. Like it was like just that. really bad. I thought there would be like I thought their relationship would be like she makes fun of him, but they're friends, but really she just like She like belittled him. Very mean mm-hmm. to him. Until the kind of one part where he makes her disappear was like that was her only like kind of nice to a moment. But I like I don't I don't know, I just like I don't feel bad when she dies and I think we're supposed to. You yeah, know? and I think it's because gets... we see it coming though. Like yeah. I thought she was gonna go earlier on in the episode, honestly. Yeah, I do. But I thought I I don't know. I, I would rather like that be a big breaking point for us liking him because I was just like, Yeah, get rid of her, she's awful. <laughs> yeah, because there, there's never really a point where you're kinda like, Wow, she like if she was supportive of him like the whole time or something, I think it would have been more hard hitting. Yeah, but that yeah, her lines are definitely not the greatest. Um I don't think there was any slow parts in my opinion. I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty Mm-hmm. felt well paced through yeah that. I felt like the music helped a lot with that too I feel like the music definitely helped like even if it could have been a slow part yeah. if the music was different it would have felt slower but the music was just so suspenseful for almost all of it it really helped with um, the flow of the plot yeah I mean I the only thing that I would have changed and obviously like creative license like it's it's Jordan Peele's work I have no place in this but I thought it would have been cool if he like used the club's name in his set and then like the fallout from that that would have been really... I thought he was going to do yeah, that. Yeah, that's what honestly, I thought, too, um, when he ripped up they made up such stuff. a big deal of it. But they were more nuanced with that. What about you fellas over there? I thought... I had a couple threads of thought that went on. Uh, none of them ended up being true, but I thought it would have been interesting if uh, he tried to erase J.C. Wheeler himself. As he's seeing him as the cause of his troubles, what if he never existed? Yeah. and what it would have been like if that did happen. Oh, was that man really J.C. Wheeler, though? Or is J.C. Wheeler even, like, real? Well, he wouldn't, he wouldn't realize that, uh, he wouldn't realize any of that at the time. He'd just been like, this guy told me to do this, and if he had never existed, he wouldn't have told me to, and everything would be back to normal. But mm-hmm. he wanted to be famous. Like, what would have happened if he'd, like, tried to do that? Yeah. I thought he was gonna, I thought he was gonna be like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. I want everything to go back. I want, I want my girlfriend and my dog back and everything. And he was gonna try to go that route. I really want to talk about his joke about gun laws. 
because that was really good. I don't want to hear the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, like, funny. It was funny. Even though you heard it, like, a million times, it was still funny every time you tried to say it. Yes. 100.1% tips. Yeah, he keeps going back to this joke about the Second Amendment, and it ends with a pretty good punchline, actually, about, like, a plane crash. Which is really interesting, because the next episode we're watching is about a plane crash, too. Ooh. And I think there will be some deeper connections throughout the season. But uh, that is kind of the fun of watching the season and reacting to it right after, like, building on this narrative. And, like, we're, like, we're like early reviews of this. Yeah, I know. We are, like, the first set of reviews of this that are maybe probably podcast form. Yeah. Corey? Pioneers. I think the plot was that great. No. I thought it was too predictable. Like, he was obviously going to kill himself. Yeah. Like, obviously. And he was going to do all this stuff. He was going to get it and Like, I don't know. It's just a classic. Somebody has... They, they have this new ability or whatever. And then they go overboard and then it backfires. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, technically it was amazing. Um, it's better than most Twilight Zone episodes we've watched. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's so I, I, I can't give it too much guff, but... Are we doing ratings or no? Uh, we'll do some form of ratings at the end. All right. Uh, did you guys say all you want to say about the plot? Um, well, we can do a group roundup, but I know you guys. I didn't get to you guys yet. Tabs and Jamie. I mean, I was peppering in my comments yeah. throughout. I was peppering. Yeah. <laughs> just like, just like the salt bay. Yeah, salt bay. <laughs> just throwing my comments out there. Uh, before we move on, oh, did you have to say something? Oh no, I was just gonna say I thought it was really well paced. It's good stuff. It's it's one of those things that just I don't know. I've seen after seeing uh, Jordan Peele's other like this other first like mainstream work and Get Out. I like if this is indi- indicative of what like his style is gonna be. He has a very 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 good way of just keeping the viewer captivated in one way or another like in this this might not be this might not be the best thing that's ever that's ever been written in terms of like tv or anything it's definitely not but like he he's he makes the viewer want to keep watching just via everything that he i don't know film technical stuff but he's like nothing uh, the, I never really thought about like wanting to turn it off or I was never even bored I don't think I went on my phone like at all the whole time it's just yeah. you don't want to miss anything and he has a really good way of doing that he frames shots really well I was going to say can we can we talk about the cinematography oh my really god changed? yeah well hold on okay. we'll get to that okay that was a great little talk about well, the plot can I, can I say one more thing yes I was a little disappointed in the plot because I've seen now I know it's Twilight Zone it's gotta be like simple I get it but I've seen what this guy can do. And with us, right? And you us just and us. Get Out. Was like Us good? Yeah, I mean, was it's us fantastic. It. It's fantastic. I still have to I think, though, like, you're you're making horror movies for people who maybe want to go see horror movies. You know, you've already kind of got your... I'm not um, talking scariness. I'm talking quality of horror. No, no, sure. I know. I'm just saying, like, sure. I think for something like The Twilight Zone, where... It's something so, like, culturally phenomenal, and, like, you're going to have a lot more people watching it. You're going to want something that's a little simpler for people to follow through. Also, should Mm -hmm. be known that Jordan Peele didn't direct this episode. Yeah. He's producing the show. I would be shocked if he didn't direct at least two of these episodes. I assumed he'd... I mean, I was just assuming that he'd be more heavily involved. 
But he is—he's producing the show, and I—he's I, got to be directing at least two episodes. Well, because that's what Ron Sterling. Yeah, did. Sterling wrote a ton and directed. Well, he didn't direct much. Well, maybe he did. But he, he at least wrote, wrote, wrote a ton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this was also not written by Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll write some of them. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, but it'll be interesting because we get—we have another episode available to us tomorrow, which is going to be cool to watch to compare and contrast. Um, okay, yeah. Let's move on to technical aspects. Uh, so lighting, set, cinematography, and I guess sound. It's the big four that I can think of. Um, we talked about the merits of sound, I think, pretty exclusively and how creepy it was. But uh, cinematography and set are something I definitely want to touch on. Can I... Yeah, you lead us off. So I just want to talk about the cinematography. Um, there's just something interesting he really <laughs> did, uh, the director really did, who we figured out wasn't what's-his-face. Jordan Peele. Whoever it was. Uh, the direction they did when he he is talking to um, what is his name? Um, J.C. Wheeler. Yeah, yeah J.C. Wheeler. So Warren. when he's talking to him, you get this sense that it's a very intimate and frantic conversation, just because the way that the camera is framed on all of their faces, it's kind of like from below, but also too close. Like yeah. It's, it's not, not a normal. Yeah, traditional normal like back and forth discussion shot. It's very like uncomfortable, um, and like bright. And I thought that was I don't know. There was just something frantic about that that I, I, I yeah. haven't seen that in film. It was cool. I did like how he, I guess, like framed the shots would be the yeah. correct term. Um, I thought set design was impeccable. Mm-hmm. We talked about the painting and what that represents, and the club and what that represents. Plus all the little details, like yeah. after his nephew gets erased, we see all of the posters that his nephew hung up are gone. Like yeah. that's just something very, very minute, but like good. And director, of course, chock full of old Twilight Zone references. We see the dolls from the doll from the Red Ventriloquist. Oh, I think the episode's called The Dummy, and the second episode's called Caesar and Me. Oh, um, Caesar makes an appearance. And me. Yeah, that's a bad. Episode. <laughs> that was a. That's a fun one. That's a Steve Lamb favorite episode, and not because it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, it is a fun episode though. But um, yeah, one sec. I, I see. I'm gonna call right, you in a sec. Okay. okay. We, we're doing. We're employing a hand hand raising method uh-huh. in in the house these days. It, it, it's effective. It, it is effective. Um, but yeah, just chock full of good details. Um, I really really liked how uh how they did the the. The introduction, the epilogue shots. Oh yeah, like Jordan Peele did do an introduction. Yeah, and it it did feel like it felt like a long time before the introduction, but it's I I get why they did that to set up the story nicely. And on a streaming platform, you don't necessarily need to adhere to the the commercial and the beat structure that you would for a thirty minute or an hour long show. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that the moment that the moment that Jordan Peele was introduced in the episode, they filmed it in a way that that is very reminiscent of the original series, and they did that to to pull you in. It made you, it actually made you feel like you were in the Twilight Zone, which was, I think they 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 did a good job. I mean, I, I see I see you over there, Ash. No, my foot just hurts. I'm literally <laughs> making this face because my foot hurts. Oh, I okay, okay. I, I thought I thought you were about to uh, I thought you got a point there, but no, 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 my foot hurts. Understandable. What did you think about the cadence of Jordan Peele's voice? For I, the intros. I think 
it's it's not Rod, but that's a good thing. Yeah, because it's you know you know Jordan Peele just from like him as him as being a prominent Hollywood figure these days, and I think he adds his own personality to it, and it does make you. It, it it adds a it adds the personality to the show that you know you're getting the guy who who did Get Out the guy who did Us and it's like it almost adds a sense of credibility to the yeah, show. Yeah, I would agree about that. With 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 not just his his name, which is which was featured very smartly and very prominently by CBS in the marketing campaigns, but then to have his personality on the show just adds another layer of credibility to it that you wouldn't that you wouldn't necessarily get with somebody just trying to be more like Rod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, out of the four hosts, I can't for the life of me remember who hosted the second, but the third was um, Forrest Whitaker, and then this one is Jordan Peele. I like he's no Rod, but I think he does a good enough job. I wish his voice was a little deeper. I don't know. I feel like there's a, but that's just me. And I, I talk know, like I, I talk like this. So. I like Kept me entertained. <laughs> yeah, um, sex though. I was gonna make a point about those before I totally forgot. But it, it like it was. I could tell that it was like not super costly to do, but it was not cheaply made. Like you know, it's it's an outside, it's a interior of an apartment, and it's an interior of a comedy club. Like those aren't high demand, expensive sets. Those are true to the Twilight Zone fashion, cheap, cheap sets. <laughs> but it didn't look cheap. They were it good sets, good. though. They were really good. They were really well done sets. Yeah. I liked that the club looked like a traditional like '60s club. I yeah, that was very clever. Mm-hmm. It was very stylistic. Um, the diner too was very 1950s. Yeah, and you could see like the ceiling in the bar area had the kind of. That's something that you would see. Back in time, not mm-hmm. in comedy clubs today. And the same with the, all the lighting throughout the whole episode as well. Yeah. Just, I feel like it gives it that sense of like timelessness. Mm-hmm. I agree, hundred percent. That was great. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, <coughs> is there anything else we want to say about the kind of episode before we move to a quick bios and trivia and gives our final thoughts? No, I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Okay, little mini bio and trivia. This was directed by Owen Harris. Um, he did San Juniper and Be Right Back for Black Mirror. Oh Man. my god! San Juniper is like one Be of my right favorite oh, episodes. Be Right Back makes me sob. Yeah, so this that, ex- that explains a lot. Right I that's the one with where the bees. No, no, <laughs> the that's the one where it's the guy. Really with uh, Donald Gleason. Donald Gleason. The, the guy, the, the girl's boyfriend dies, and she brings him back using that. Oh yeah, the creepy one. Gotcha. <laughs> I I commented earlier. You were all on... creepy. I don't know why I said the creepy one. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to go to bed. I commented fairly on in the episode we were watching that um, it, it feels like a Black Mirror episode almost, and now I get why. With less focus on technology. Yeah, thankfully, that's, that's one like of the strengths of, of the this. Joke. I like that about Black Mirror, though. I think that's what makes Black Mirror not just a uh, like attempt to recreate the Twilight Zone without yeah, the Twilight Zone. But I wanted this to not be like. Yeah, Black no. Oh I yeah, I know, of course. But like, just 
the way the way that it was filmed with like a lot of like slow shots and stuff. I think yeah. for for some for some of the scenes, of course. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. What was I gonna say? Um, yeah. Did you guys think it was a good decision to have a Black Mirror director start the Twilight Zone season? Or a... I think it was um, a good idea because Black Mirror is kind of like a darker modern take on the Twilight Zone, and this is literally a Twilight Zone reboot. So it's kind of like interesting to get a guy that's worked on, well now he's worked on both of them. So yeah, he knew what he was doing, and he did a great job. Uh, written by Alex Rubens, who wrote the film Keanu, which was a uh, a comedy film that Jordan Peele and uh, Keegan Michael Kay were a part of. Just weird movie. It's about a talking cat, and they have to go save him. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> And he also has written Blake Shelton's Not So Family Christmas. What? Uh, two episodes of Community. Oh, I um, love that show. And Big Trouble in Little Sanchez, the Rick and Morty episode. Which one was that? I don't know. But he also wrote a Big Mouth episode. So. Oh, uh, which one? I love Smooch Big Mouth. Smooch or Share. Yes. That's <laughs> yeah, a pretty good one. Big Mouth is a phenomenal show. Please this watch it. This is a pretty big step up for him in terms mm-hmm. of like writing. This is a big old thingy my Bob. Yeah. Yeah, so... But it's like a... Like, yeah, it has its ha-has and hee-hees, but it is like a more serious episode from the other stuff that he's written. Mm-hmm. I think you needed to get a comedy writer to do that, though, because it's... I think it's... It's easier for uh, a comedy writer to to write serious things and pepper it with jokes like this episode did than, yeah. than it is to get, like, a serious writer and try and just... BS their way through some jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the stars of this episode, we had uh, Kumail Najani um, playing as the main character, uh, whose name was Samir. Yeah, Samir. I was it's the tip of the tongue. He's in Silicon Valley. Um, he's a podcast That's host. That's a good show, right? Yeah, it's a great show. Silicon Valley is awesome. He's a stand up comedian, an actor, a podcast host. Um, Silicon Valley, he was Prismo and Adventure Time. Rock. A show that we all... Yeah, he also has his own movie out as well. Yes, The Big Sick. The Big Sick was yeah. so good. Ray Romano's in it. Go yes, watch awesome. it. <laughs> yeah. If you want to see him as like a stand-up comedian, like his actual stand-up work, you should watch The Meltdown. Yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a great stand-up comedian. He also hosts two podcasts, one called The Indoor Kids and the other called The X-Files Files, which may be an X-Files review podcast. Which hey, we have a podcast. We should get him on sometime. <laughs> yeah. I would cry. So, yeah, Let's he, just tweet at him until he comes on. <laughs> yeah, and he's a Oscar-nominated uh, screenwriter. For what? Big, for The Big, Big Sick. Sick. One of my oh, favorite yeah, movies. Because it's about his life. You, 2017. You know, it was, it was so good. Yeah. A time last year named him one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Jeez. Wow. This also stars Amara, Car- Amara Karen, who is Sri Lankan. She plays his uh, girlfriend. Um, she was in Wes Anderson's film, The Dejarling Limited. Dude, I, I'm pronouncing that wrong, but it's a good movie. It's uh, Wes Anderson. Good stuff. Anything else of worth? Uh, Doctor Who episode? Which one? The God Complex. <gasps> oh my gosh, she that? is in the God Complex. <laughs> Which one was that one? The Minotaur one where they're stuck in the hotel with oh, Matt Smith. Yeah, that was a great yeah, episode. Yeah, she's Solid been there. Yeah. Oh, she's one of the people at the hotel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember her face now. Yeah. Because 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, she's in some. She's in some uh, British stuff. But she also did. uh, She also is a theater person. (laughs) That's such a terrible way of saying it. Classically. Oh, she's Shakespearean. Yeah, she's a Shakespearean actress. She's been in The Taming of the Shrew, The Merchant of Venice. The Taming of the Shrew again. I love The Taming of the Shrew. The for the Royal Shakespeare Company, so she performed at the Globe Theater. Oh, oh so she's yeah. British. Yeah, she's I mean, British. There's a there's a lot of um, I feel like a lot of British and like European um, actors get their start in like Shakespearean acting. Because I yes, was like yeah. Ian McKellen, and Ian McKellen no. Sir Patrick Stewart. Did he ever mm-hmm. do Shakespeare? Maybe? Yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah, he was I... in um, uh, Mac- Macbeth. Yeah. Yeah, we Macbeth. saw. I I remember seeing the. Or one of the Macbeth, anyway. I remember <laughs> seeing the Patrick Stewart version of Macbeth. My, the summer. That sorry. was my Rocky. You and Corey. Both. Attack mode. Attack mode. <laughs> yeah, you're the one who's like threatening us. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. You know, but I saw I saw the Patrick Stewart version of Macbeth in school. Yeah, and David Tennant is another one that started out in Shakespeare. Um, yeah, and the final big actor of note was Tracy Morgan playing the J.C. Rock. J.C. Wheeler. J.C. Wheeler. Um, oh, that's why I said Rock. Is it Wheelie or Wheeler? Wheeler, I think. Um, he has he was on Saturday Night Live from the years nineteen ninety six to two thousand three. And then would transition to 30 Rock, which mm-hmm. he was on from Good 2006 show. to 2013. Uh, it's great to see him back, especially since in 2014 he was in a car accident that left him, left his best friend dead, mm. and um, him very, very hurt. Uh, he he was out of the public eye for a year after the accident. Um, I feel like he's done like some stuff since. Oh yeah, maybe. yeah. He's he's been back since then. He. Uh, he was in the Box Trolls in 2014. Who was he in Box Trolls? Um, he was one of the trolls, wasn't he? Mr. Gristle. I don't know what no, he was. wasn't one of the trolls. Mr. Gristle. Sorry, I really like um, Leica Studios. Their movies are yeah. phenomenal as well because they're all stop motion. But um, his big his big return was The Last OG, that TV show that's pretty good apparently. Mm-hmm. Can we just talk about the prestige of the people that have gotten for this? Because yeah, I know. Like, we still have Adam Scott coming up. We Mark have Wahlberg, Steven Yoon. Is it Mark Wahlberg? No. It looks like Mark Wahlberg. No, no, no. It's it's a guy who's in those kind of movies. Oh, it's the guy that looks like Mark Wahlberg, but it's not Is Mark it his Wahlberg. Brother? No, it's oh god, no. <laughs> We'd never such, oh. we would never stoop so low to Yeah, there's an um, an actress who's done some things. She played uh, like the Snow White character <coughs> in Once Upon a Time. Yeah, there's a I think there's a few actors and actresses from Black Mirror. Yeah, though, like, even beyond the actors and the actresses, like, the the writers and directors and stuff, like, what did you mention? Like, we have writers, the writer did stuff for Rick and Morty, he did stuff for Big yeah. Mouth. I mean, uh, tomorrow's episode is, um, uh, really a guy who did, does a lot of TV, but has done, like, a bunch of house episodes, so a lot of good TV episodes, and of course, uh, later down the road, we have a female director who did a... A pretty great movie called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which is a absolutely amazing, amazing Iranian horror film. Iranian. Iranian horror film, sorry. Iranian horror film. Um, kind of about vampires. It's super creepy. I love it. It's got a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. Go check Ooh. it out. I think that 
I think that for uh, a reboot like this, like, that's a really good thing to have. Because, yeah. uh, because with, with a show like The Twilight Zone, it's, uh, you, you, you always kind of assume that there's going to be major problems with the reboot just because of, mm-hmm. just because of it. it was a classic. And I think that having these big names really, like, like, in addition to having Jordan Peele lends even more credibility to the idea of it because these people are very capable of doing good things and they've shown it through their bodies of work. Alright, so just two more quick segments to go through that I came up with my brain. Um, first one is kind of like our rating segment, but not quite. Just a quick, like, summarize your feelings on the episode and maybe give it a, a, a range of two thumbs down to two thumbs up. I really liked it. I thought it was enjoyable. I felt like it was a really good way to kick off the reboot. It was a new <laughs> I'm taking my socks off as quietly as possible. <laughs> it's distracting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But, like, I felt like it was a really good way to, um start off the series I felt like it set the bar at a good level for the rest of the show I give it um, I'm giving it two thumbs up nice Jamie I'm giving it two thumbs up I think it followed like the whole spiel of the Twilight Zone really well I think it was really well written and it kept me kept me pretty hooked got me pretty spooked (laughs) Corey good not great (laughs) One thumb. <laughs> One thumb. <laughs> One thumb. Um, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give it a two thumbs up. I think that it, it, it set it set the mood for what this can be in, in the form of an episode that is indicative of like what a Twilight Zone episode would be like during any time and uh. I think that when whenever we have a season four episode, we talk about we talk about the the concept of uh, the bad concept pacing. the the concept yeah the concept of bad pacing with with something that's a really good idea and I think this took a really good idea and gave it a very good pace over what essentially amounts to a TV movie type thing yeah and and I'm hoping that the other episodes. Follow suit. Yeah, so, uh, I, if this was just an episode halfway through the season, I would agree with Corey with a one thumbs up. Uh, I loved it, but it could, there could, I feel like there was something missing that could have boosted it into, like, the stratosphere for me. But it's a fantastic episode. However, that being said, because they chose to lead the season with this, and I think this is really what the Twilight Zone is about, and, like, what it should represent, and how, like... It just is so promising to me and brought back so much nostalgia. I have to give it two thumbs up. I just had a really good time with it and like one episode down, nine to go. I'm so excited to mm-hmm. watch tomorrow night and like and I'm just so excited to see what the future holds for hopefully the show gets a few seasons to it. Alright, my turn. So, um yeah, I really liked it as well. Um one of my favorite people was in it, so that's always a plus. I thought it was interesting that they started with this one. I'm kind of glad, actually, that they didn't start with the plain one, that this was the first one. Um, again, my only really issue was the one chick's lines. I just thought they were a little awkward. But otherwise, I was really into it. I thought the climax of the, the episode was amazing, kind of edge of your seat and stuff. So I'm giving this episode finger guns. Wow. <laughs> the famous finger guns. 
totally forgot to ask you how you felt about uh, Kumail's acting. I, I liked it. I, we talked about Tracy Morgan. We talked about some of the miscellaneous characters. Uh, I loved I loved his acting. I always loved his acting. Yeah, he, he I just love him. He's always a little awkward, but it fit really well. Yeah, I say yeah. it works with the character, though, because yeah. he was like a kind of a failing comedian. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine being one of the best comedians and having to portray a yeah, failing terrible. comedian? He did it well, though. <laughs> yeah, he did a really, really good job with it. All right, so uh, we're going to kind of do a twist of the week, but... I don't know what happens either, so like, there's no winners, I guess. It's, just, <laughs> it's only guesses. Yeah, really, it is just only guesses. So you can join us. Yeah, I can. <laughs> uh, I have a blurb up for the episode we're watching tomorrow night, which um, I'm planning on uploading this tomorrow night and then the following Wednesday night. So um, we will have watched it. We would have just watched it by the time this is up. But it's called Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. It's a kind of... I don't want to call it an adaptation because it's not exactly an homage. It's homage. yeah, it's an homage to the old Twilight, the very famous William Shatner Twilight Zone episode, Nightmare Twenty Thousand Feet. So I'm just gonna read you um, the little blurb that the the TV guide gave me or the Wikipedia gave me, and then uh, yeah, we'll go from there. A PTSD-suffering investigative journalist traveling to a new job in Tel Aviv finds an MP3 player with a true crime podcast that details how the commercial airplane he is currently on will disappear. So what do we think is going to happen? Like, I don't know. So this is exciting. <laughs> what do you think, Bugs? Alrighty. Uh, so I think that he's going to be the reason the plane goes down. And in his actions trying to stop it, he's going to be the one to seal their fate. I would have to agree with that. I think there's going to be some sort of... You know, I just have no idea. This must be hard for you guys. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, how we feel. Yeah, I'm in the hot seat now. Sorry, Sidley. I just have no idea. Yeah, oh my god. I, know. I really don't have any idea. Okay, so I have a theory. So we all know the meme about the AirPods, right? Mm-hmm. In <laughs> one of the shots... During, like, the clips of, like, the previews for the next episodes, Adam Scott was wearing AirPods. I think those AirPods are the reason why the plane goes down. <laughs> they can't hear him, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Ant-Man is trying to crawl on his ear. <laughs> Scott! <laughs> AirPods, man. Uh, I actually have an idea. I think that he'll end up saving the plane, and that he's going to be, like, taken away in a police car because they thought he was trying to sabotage it, or he'll be taken away in an ambulance because he got hurt. And, um, Are you about to ghost ship ending this? Years later down the road, yeah. he'll realize that he, in fact, is recording or the podcast that he was listening to all those years in the past about the events. Spooky. Yeah. So is he a time traveler? I don't know yet. How does he go back? We'll have to find out <laughs> tomorrow. I have two. Ooh. <laughs> <Just> so. <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> so the first one, you mentioned he had PTSD. So I'm thinking the twist is this is just a PTSD like episode, and he's freaking out because what caused the PTSD the first time was a plane crash. Probably. So he is emulating on this, and the podcast is either about the old plane crash, and he's just having a having an episode. Yeah, an episode. Is or we're gonna final destination this, and he's gonna save everybody. And then the moment they land, something happens. Another plane goes down. (laughs) Into them. Yes! (laughs) Alright, who do we still left? Jamie and Corey. How spicy can I get? (laughs) Uh, Can you you hint to me what what you'd be talking about? (laughs) 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 
absolutely not. <laughs> Shut. <laughs> That's gonna stay in the podcast. That we're talking about it with Yeah, I know. All immediately knew. Yeah, you really came in an American tragedy pretty crystal clear. We all immediately knew. Now, now they're gonna know too. Oh, please. Okay, so I predict. He's going to be listening to the Rod Squad. <laughs> we're just so annoying that he's going to force the plane to crash. Right, so do you have a, to the do Rod have a, Squad pilot? Do you have a... Do you have a WWE connection for this? For... The plane. Alright, and I do, but... <laughs> Tomorrow night um, for Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet. Okay, uh, I don't want to watch it right now, dude. Yeah, but no, I want to. I want to first watch. Oh wow, it is eleven o'clock. Yeah, yeah, I gotta I'm study and then probably end up staying up till two. Um, yeah. Anyway, though, guys, thank you for coming out here. You're we'll see you guys tomorrow um, for another show. One down, nine to go, and it can only get better from here. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Uh,